The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's your time! From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Hello everyone, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. It is the podcast where we tell the stories of your city through the voices of your city. And by the way, if you want your voice heard, a great way is by having your own show, a podcast, of course, is what I'm talking about. So go to pod617.com to get started. We are the Boston Podcast Network, and that's what we do. We also like to talk to professionals doing great things and people that we need to rely upon, maybe particularly during the, the pandemic. I have one such professional on the line. Her name is Ann Breitner. She is a specialist in providing home care for seniors, either in their home or in assisted living, and she is at tra- tra- Traditions Home Health Services. Did I get that right, Ann? Yeah, Traditions Home Health Services. Traditions Home Health Services. Well, let's welcome her to the virtual studio. Yes. All right. There we go. And how is everything? How has your pandemic been? Well, for me, it's been uh, crazy busy. When the pandemic started, we decided to lean in and help out people who were COVID positive, which a lot of my colleagues would not do. Mm. So we went out and got um, as much PPE that we could get, including gowns and masks and covers for your shoes and goggles so that our caregivers could be safe and that family members could be safe. So we also offered assisted living facilities to help them with their staffing because with the pandemic, a lot of caregivers were getting sick themselves or they had to stay home with their own children. And there became a mass shortage of caregivers, particularly in Massachusetts. So during the past year, we added to our staff, we had lovely caregivers who were willing to go into people's homes and in assisted living facilities to keep people safe. So we've been very busy this past year. We work seven days a week and we are available 24 hours a day. So as you can imagine, it's been a crazy ride, but I'm thrilled that we were able to care for so many, so many patients. So there were some people in your industry who just kind of locked down and and said we I know we've been providing health services to your loved one perhaps your your aging loved one but we simply can't do it because of covid probably about 75% of my colleagues wow so it caused a huge problem out there in terms of staffing for caregivers so i got invited on to the home care alliance executive task force to help provide continuity and consistency among agencies in massachusetts So we focused a great deal on appreciation bonuses for caregivers, because if they did go in and they they developed COVID themselves, they they had to go home and quarantine for two weeks. So we put together appreciation bonuses to encourage people to go out there. We also created my firm, 
created an emergency fund for people. So if they were having financial emergencies or during the winter, their tires weren't working or they were having any issues that were keeping them from being able to work, we were paying up to $2,500 per caregiver to help them out. And it, it made a huge difference for people. We also, because of the number of uh, caregivers that we were able to supply out there, we were able to keep certain assisted livings and nursing homes in compliance. Because if they didn't have a certain number of caregivers, they had to close, close the, the, the floors. So we were working very closely with everybody to make sure everybody was in compliance out there. But unfortunately, many of my colleagues were dramatically hurt by, by this, and I feel bad because many people wouldn't let anybody in, first of all, mm-hmm. uh, to care for them. And the ones that were letting them in were most likely COVID positive. So it's really hurt the industry in a whole. For sure. And, and COVID uh, among the elderly, of course, is of even more importance. So I salute you for what you're doing. Tell me, let's sort of back up a minute. Tell me why you enjoy, tell me why you enjoy what you do which presumes that you do enjoy what you do, but I have a suspicion that you do. I do. It's a, <laughs> it's a passion of mine. I have spent 35 years, so I'm aging myself, 35 years in the healthcare industry. I started out doing retained physician recruiting. I would place physicians in rural areas where they were not naturally flocking to, and I, I did that for years and years. I then myself developed cancer and then blew out five discs in my neck and had to have emergency spinal fusion surgery. Oh, well, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Slow, slow down. I want to get the whole story here. You had, you had cancer and, and tell tell me cancer and, and and obviously your health. Well, maybe not obviously, but you're healthy now. Okay. Yes. And then, and then the back injury, the was, was spinal injury was something unrelated. It was unrelated. Well, it was related to the chemotherapy weakened the discs in my okay. neck. So I mm-hmm. had to have spinal fusion surgery wow. times five. Yeah. And it took me two years to recover. Mm-hmm. And I then had to have brain surgery, which was also unrelated. So it was one after another. And at the same time, I was taking care of my 95-year-old mother who needed help. So we uh, placed her in a facility because we felt it was better for her socially and she could get more care than I could give her while I was recovering. Mm -hmm. But David, I gave myself the greatest gift and it was asking for help. Mm. And it was life-changing for my family. I had young teenagers at the time and I wanted to make sure they weren't living in a sick environment all the time. And I didn't want to be defined by my illnesses. I wanted to continue to do what I like to do. So when I started feeling better, I've been an entrepreneur since I've been 24. Mm. So I don't play tennis. I don't play cards. I focus on building service businesses. Mm. That's where I get my joy. What's wrong? What's wrong with playing cards? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) My husband says I never shut it off. You know, always thinking about what can I do better? It's kind of fun for me. Sure. Um, to come up with new, unique ways of of helping people. Mm -hmm. So when I decided to go back to work, I thought I couldn't travel quite as much 
because I went nationally for my physician recruiting. So I thought, hmm, I'm really loving this home care business. If I back up for a second, mm-hmm. when my mother was placed, she became the president of the Women's Auxiliary where she was. But I found that the speakers who were coming to talk to the seniors were talking at them. They weren't engaging them. So there was no real enrichment going on. So I helped her develop some programs that were brain stimulating and enriching and joyful for the seniors. And it really caught on. So then I developed a... Well, let, me, let, me, let me stop you for a minute what? there. What, what, would that, what, what would that look like? It sounds like you... If I heard you correctly, you've devised or employ exercises to, to keep people's minds sharp. Is, is, yes. So yes. What, how does, what exactly, how does that go? How does that work? So I, I've been trained in Alzheimer's and dementia care, and I'm also a train the trainer certified. So, for example, one thing that I do is I do a presentation called The Power Positive Thinking as mm-hmm. on Improving Your Health and it creates serotonin. And so I go in and I work with a lot of the seniors on how they can change their negative thinking because a lot of them have something similar to PTSD. Their life has changed. They're no longer able to do what they used to be able to do. They're having memory issues. So the first thing I do is I try to get them to change their focus on positive things because the more positive you are, you create more serotonin happy emotional feelings, which allows you to sleep better. When you sleep better, you eat better. When you eat better, you move better. So it's a trickle-down effect. That's one thing that we do. I also have a myriad of memory exercises and brain-stimulating exercises that are fun to do, and we bring those. But what I try to do, David, is I try to personalize them so that the person is interested in what we're doing. So if somebody is a golf enthusiast, we include golfing into some of the the memory Mm. issues. If somebody is a Red Sox fan, we'll put on a a Red Sox game that's very lively so they can get excited about it. Mm. If we do trivia, we do it related to what their interests are. So that's that's particularly for Alzheimer's patients. You, you You have to play entertainer. To, to, to keep their minds. They do. Yeah, they that's. Do. I, I employ people who put these together for me. Mm. So if, if you were to ask me what really differentiates my firm from other people, one of the most important things is I focus a great deal on purpose of life and joy for people. I have a whole joy approach program. So most home care caregivers go in and they do the daily chores and tasks that they need to do to keep somebody active. So they'll do the bathing and the feeding and the cleaning and stimulating all the things hygienically and safety wise that they need to do to care for somebody. We go a step beyond. And because of that, we've been endorsed by the presidents of the Geriatric Care Association. So we find out through the family and through the actual client, and let me tell you, it's not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. What brings them joy? So not the joy that they had 30 years ago, but the joy they can experience today. So let me give you two examples. We right. have a client who was a paraplegic, and I used to go read to her once a month. And every time I came, the movie The Sound of Music was on. 
So I finally said to her, Grace, what's up with the movie Sound of Music? We all <laughs> yeah. love it, but every day, all day. Right. So she said, I only have three movies. Oh. So they just continually play. So I call it observed listening. So we went out and negotiated with the local library to deliver new movies every three days. We have a little lockbox outside and we have volunteers. So now she'll call me and say, you want to come over? Private Ryan's on tonight. So just a little bit of joy. We have another client who one day I said to him, oh my God, it's beautiful outside. And he said, how would I know? I never get outside. I go from my bed to the wheelchair, to the shower, back to the bed. Every single day to get him wrapped up outside and at least for an hour a day. Rain, snow, sleet, sunshine. And he loves ice cream. So we take him around the corner to get him an ice cream. Life changing. Wow. Yeah, that's, those are two great examples. The, the first person you, you spoke of, I'm just glad that you, you, she's not subjected to Julie Andrews singing in the field. I mean, I like Julie Andrews as much as anyone, but she must've been losing her mind watching those same movies. And yeah. And I, I look forward to when I'm, you know, old and and brittle, what you said is, is just really nice. The thought of that you can still go outside and get an ice cream. You know, that's what you message you sent to this guy is, you know, you, you, you can still experience a simple pleasure like that, which is great. Yeah. So we tried to customize it and it goes all the way through hospice. We do hospice support. So some people are home end of life, which could be the last year of their lives. They still deserve to wake up and enjoy something. So we, we try to focus a great deal on joy. And what we've noticed David, is our outcomes is a a very important thing in the industry. Hospitals are trying to reduce the number of readmissions for people who are at home. So we find that the extra care that we give has been dramatically reducing the number of emergency room visits and readmissions. Mm. So we go above and beyond. And it's, it's probably what I'm most proud of. I would say it's the hallmark of our company. The other thing that, again, if you were to ask us what differentiates us is we are a league of nations. I believe in hiring anybody who's compassionate and qualified. But with that said, we have to make sure that their accent is not prohibitive in allowing the seniors to understand them. Mm -hmm. So they have to be articulate and succinct to be able to also deliver the care. So our ratio, we're very particular, even in a market that is um, having a major shortage, we are still 17 to one. We'll interview 17 people and we hire one because we want to make sure everybody we send out there is appropriate. We also do one-on-one matching. We want to make sure that the caregiver matches the personality of the client because if you have a really chatty caregiver and you have a client that isn't that communicative and would prefer someone a little quieter in a little bit of peace, we're not going to send in someone who's a chatty captain. Mm. So we, we have a very solid matching component. The other thing that I have to say is I'm on the committee to encourage caregivers to get vaccinated. There's a lot of caregivers who are, are afraid of the vaccine from a lot of false media that has been out there. So we are are educating caregivers 
So my company itself has 78% of our caregivers are vaccinated and wow. we're working on the remainder, but the industry standard right now is 32%. Wow. So, and in, Ma- um, in Massachusetts anyway, caregivers could have stepped up and gotten their vaccine in the first group. Right. And, and they still right. can. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and they were afraid to, a lot of them feel like it will change their DNA, which it will not. They Ugh. feel like it will make them infertile. They feel like there's something inserted in there to, to get rid of the, you know, the, the people of color. I mean, it's all yeah. false, but it's their, their concern. Yeah. It's so, a shame. There's so many irrational views out there. I mean, if, you know, you look back to when the, there was finally a cure for polio, you know, and if people had just, you know, avoided the vaccine, then that would have continued like a plague. And instead, we need some common sense here, people, right? Right. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it's even more than common sense. It's even it's information. Mm. You know, if you follow the science, you follow the information, the, the indicators are that the vaccines that are out there, Pfizer and Moderna, are 94, 95% effective and 100% effective against hospitalizations and death. Mm. That's what people need to be aware of. And if we don't continually vaccinate, this will never go away. Have you gotten your vaccination yet? Oh, I have. I got my first shot. I'm, I'm a caregiver for my special needs son. So I was in that group. And uh, there's something that just feels really good about getting it done, isn't there? <laughs> there is. Yeah. And I was concerned because of my past cancer, immune compromised. So I was concerned myself. So I did do a great deal of research and it all came up, run as fast as I can to get vaccinated. We are also working with the Department of Public Health to get our clients who are bed bound, can't get out, to bring the vaccine to them. So we're working to get all of our clients vaccinated as well. Terrific. It's a huge effort. It's, you know, in terms of the past year, a big shift of our administrative work has been in all related to COVID. We also went out and worked out a, a contract with a lab. So we do our own COVID testing only for our caregivers, for your listeners. We're not a public COVID testing. But we have to make sure that our caregivers are COVID tested each week before they go to see our clients. So we want to make that assurance. So we have our, co- our caregivers coming in to our office and getting vaccinated. Terrific. Uh, not vaccinated, excuse me. COVID tested. COVID tested, right. right. It's Ann Breitner. She is at Traditions Home Health Services. You can find out more at Traditions. Don't forget the S. TraditionsHomeHealthServices.com. And she can be reached at Ann. That's Ann with no E. Very economically spelled. I applaud you for that, Ann. Ann at TraditionsHHS.com. Did I get that right? Yes, and HHS stands for Home Health Services. Home Health Services, right. So we are up against the clock a little bit, but we are going to play a round of good stuff where Anna will recommend something good, hopefully to brighten your day just a little bit in these precedented times. They're no longer unprecedented times. They're just precedented. They're still a little bit miserable, but you get it, people. Before we do that, let me take one minute to remind you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. Pod six, excuse me, pod617.com is the place you go if you want your own podcast 
We can produce the whole thing for you from start to finish. The intro music, outro music, we'll send you out a quality USB mic so you can do it from the comfort of your own home or office or visit us in our Westwood Mass studios. A podcast is a great way to connect with your network. You invite guests who can be clients or prospects or just interesting people onto your show and we'll produce a slick product for you. It's the Boston Podcast Network, pod617.com in pod we trust. All right, let's play a round of good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. Well, what can okay. you what can you recommend to our listeners? Well, I I really do recommend. I, I do a great deal of work with the Cape Cod Alzheimer's Organization. Oh. They're wonderful. They reach out to many different people with all kinds of support. Mm-hmm. For, for people so if anybody is interested they can go to alzheimer's capecod.org there's all kinds of uplifting topics and material and ways that you can volunteer i would strongly recommend that terrific and i thank you for providing the url so i didn't have to uh look that up <laughs> the i'll say it again the alzheimer's um alzheimer's capecod.org there you go don't forget about our friends down the cape and thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Oh, I did. And thank you, David. It's lovely meeting you. And I hope that everybody is safe out there and chooses to get vaccinated. You bet. And get that vaccine, people. Come on. It doesn't hurt that much. Trust me. I'm a wimp. And I did it. At least shot number one. Thanks so much, Anne. And thanks to all the listeners of the Boston Podcast. If you like us, subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. If you want your own podcast, Go to pod617.com to get started. On behalf of Ann Breitner, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.